The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. A yoke is a piece of equipment, usually made of wood and leather, used to bind two animals together in the neck and shoulder area to make it easier for them to work when pulling a heavy load. It is most often used with oxen, but can be used with other animals as well. Around this area, one might see a couple of draft horses yoked together, pulling a heavy load for the Amish. In Jesus' time, the word yoke was also used to refer to the body of teaching of a particular rabbi. In the Gospel today, Jesus uses this symbolism to refer to the heavy burden the Pharisees and scribes placed on the practicing Jews by their strict and exacting interpretation of the Mosaic Law. In contrast, Jesus invites the burdened to take the yoke of obedience to his word, under which they will find rest. In comparison to the Pharisees' extensive and expanded requirements of the law, Jesus' straightforward commands to love God and neighbor, to act charitably, and obey the Ten Commandments would seem to be quite a bit lighter, at least to understand, if not carry out. But for those of us today who are not burdened under the entire old Mosaic law, I think it is useful to see this invitation from Jesus another way. Oftentimes when training a young ox to work under a yoke, the driver will yoke it to an older, more experienced ox that knows the routine and the commands so that the young steer can learn from the trained ox. If the younger one does not for some reason follow the lead of the older, but insists on doing its own thing, it may be determined to be unsuitable for use as a working animal. Ox is simply a name given to cattle, usually steers, that are trained as working animals. And you know what they call an ox that isn't suited for work. They call it a steak, or a roast, or a quarter pounder. For the most part, though, yoked together, the young ox, being smaller and weaker, has little choice but to go where the old ox goes and do what the old ox does. And once they have worked together for a while and the new ox learns its way, they become a team and spend most all their time together, both when yoked and even when free in pasture. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for yourselves. If we are to learn from him, 
then perhaps for us the more useful imagery that works is not to be yoked by him, but to him. In light of Jesus' prayer to the Father in John chapter 17, that they may be one even as we are one, the image that works for me is that of being yoked to Jesus in the traditional sense, connected together, side by side, with Jesus leading from his side of the yoke. Now, of course, if we are yoked to Jesus, we are putting ourselves in a position to follow him very closely, to go where he would have us go and do what he would have us do. And this would involve, dare I say, a cost, that of giving up some of our freedom. Oh my goodness, Deacon Joe, did you say that we have to give up some of our freedom? I can't believe you said that. In the week of July 4th as well. If you are like me, you grew up thinking that freedom was the most important thing in the world. Our founding fathers fought so this nation would be free, and many of our family members, both present and past, fought to keep it free. Our freedom as U.S. citizens is protected by our Constitution and is not something we take lightly. However, as John Adams, one of our founding fathers, once said, and I quote, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. As we continue to see our Judeo-Christian values erode under the onslaught of secularism, materialism, and the me-first attitude, we are slowly learning that politics will not provide the answer. The danger comes not from losing our national freedom, but from the pursuit of individual freedoms to the exclusion of everything else. Rod Dreher, in his recent book, The Benedictine Option, which suggests adopting aspects of the rule of St. Benedict into contemporary Christian living, put it this way, and I quote, Christians have to keep clearly before us the fact that conventional American politics cannot fix what is wrong with our society and culture. They are inadequate because in both their left-wing and right-wing forms, they operate from the position that facilitating and expanding human choice is the proper end of our politics. The left and right just disagree over where to draw the lines. By contrast, the politics of the Benedict Option assume that the disorder in American public life derives from the disorder within the American soul and proposes that the most important political work of our time is the restoration of inner order, harmonizing with the will of God, and that everything else follows naturally from that. How better to harmonize with the will of God than to yoke ourselves to his son, Jesus? The method is not complex or complicated because being wise or learned is not required. Being yoked is a simple action, very consistent with Mary's instructions at Cana to do what he tells you and Jesus' own call to follow me. If we are yoked to Jesus, we will find our burdens lifted and made easier because they are now shared by the one with the power to conquer all. If we are truly yoked to Jesus, whom or what shall we fear? If we are yoked to Jesus, then we are going to go where he goes 
and do what he does and bring him along wherever we go. We will learn from him by close observation. If we are yoked to him, we are spending time with him all the time. Whenever able, we do that through prayer, scripture, and sacrament. And when busy with the other requirements of life, by conducting ourselves with an awareness of the constant presence of the Lord. When we are yoked to Jesus, we can't deny him, can't ignore him. We can't pretend he isn't there when it's not convenient or comfortable. And because so very many people today value free choice over truth and self over God, there will be times when remaining in the yoke will require of us courage and strength. But the good news is that Jesus is right there to provide both as needed. Whom shall we fear? Of what shall we be afraid? Even though we make a decision to give up some freedom in being yoked to Jesus, as creatures of God with free will, we retain control. We will always have an option the ox does not. We have a quick release tab. We are only yoked as long as we want to be. And if we want out, all we have to do is walk away. Of course, if we sin, we pull the tab and separate ourselves from Jesus. But he is always there waiting only for our repentance to welcome us back. We must also realize that we can't be yoked to two different things going in opposite directions at the same time. We won't go anywhere, and we risk being pulled apart. If we choose to be yoked to Jesus, we are also choosing not to be yoked to anything else. The bottom line is this. The true experience of Jesus is life-changing. Truly coming to know Jesus is meant to be nothing less than transformative. Our encounter with the God of the universe cannot be casual, routine, or ho-hum. Paul is talking about life in the spirit or death in the flesh. Life and death. With stakes this high, is there a better way to ensure that the Spirit of God dwells in us than yoking ourselves to the one who sends the Spirit? The answer is in the words from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His love endures forever. I called to the Lord in my distress. He answered and freed me. The Lord is at my side. I do not fear. What can man do against me? The Lord is at my side as my helper. I shall look down on my foes. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord came to help me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is my Savior. The Lord's right hand has triumphed. His right hand raised me. The Lord's right hand has triumphed. I shall not die. I shall live. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast 
to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.